Let's just pray for a few moments, uh, family, uh, together. Baba, siyabong nam shanjik se ni kamilang kosu Jesu. Sibong kanganyelan daon yin jeng ebang lalako. Elen ziwe nge kazi labunjo nga mangna yamba ako. I kazi ela palalis pambanwen. And Ibandalako was born, even though the cross was the basis and the foundation of the church that is alive on earth today. And Father, as we live and as we go about our daily business, we are so aware that we have been died for, that we don't live for ourselves, but henceforth we live for the one who died for us. We have no personal agendas we live so that you can find expression through us. We live on earth. Uguzintandoyako may find expression through our living, through our existence. And Father, we commit this, these moments before you when we plead the blood of Jesus, even online as we minister to your people online. Thank you for the power of your word. And thank you for the power of your name. And thank you for the power of your Holy Spirit to set free and to liberate, to anoint in Jesus' name, I pray. And the people of God said, Amen. Hallelujah. Mam Kabaji, last week, um, I was meant to minister something and the Lord impressed it in his spirit to minister on Matthew 24. And uh, as she was ministering on Matthew 24, I felt that I needed to come in because there's certain things so profound that are found in that particular uh, chapter in Matthew 24. Matthew 24, the Lord Jesus gives us a picture, a picture of the events that are going to happen, are going to happen. Now, because those events are going to happen, <clears throat> The church must therefore be prepared. The church must be made ready for the things which are going to happen. <clears throat> I always say that it does not matter what your position is. We have spoken about a pre-tribulation, a school of thought. In other words, there are those who believe that the rapture will take place before uh, we get into uh, tribulation before is in Tupo, before Klu Shogabad, pre trib. That means right just before, in the nick of time, before there is an unleashing of uh, the demonic venom all over the planet, the Lord God will rescue his people and take them up to heaven. It's called a tree trib school of thought. Then Mam Gabashe would have spoken to you about the mid-trib school of thought. That whilst the tribulation part was in Tobo, seven-year period, the first three and a half period, at the end, towards the end of it, and uh, that means we will, according to that teaching, the church will be exposed to some level of tribulation to some level of torture and the, the demonic things wreaking havoc on the planet and the church of Jesus, according to that school of thought, is part of that, but only just half of it. 
It's got mid-trib. Uh, in the middle of that situation, we are caught up in the air, and uh, it's called the rapture to be with the Lord. And then there is a, a post-trib rapture. That school of thought then suggests that we will go through the whole uh, experience with the uh, unsaved, unchurched, wicked people. We will go through everything that they will go through. Then at the end of it, then we will be caught up. Now, that you have been taught. My thing, family, is that we as the body of Christ, we must prepare ourselves. Listen to this. We prepare ourselves as though we were going to go through the tribulation as much as we know that we want necessarily. You prepare yourself. You prepare yourself to the point whereby if tomorrow something were to happen that is a, that, that has the symptoms of, of, of tribulation, you would be able to, to, to be sustained and, and endure the pain. The danger in people who believe that we won't go through the tribulation is complacency. It's a, it's a mindset that says we just go to church and then we're going to just be caught up and to be, be in a cloud and just live with the Lord. There is no element of endurance and, and resistance and fortitude and faith. And this, uh, and this, and this mindset that says, whatever that you do, whatever that you do, I know that my Redeemer lives, and I shall spend eternity with Him uh, in heaven and on earth after the millennium. So, my thing, family, even as um, I just begin here, I want us to don't be preoccupied with when the <clears throat> the rapture will take place. Our preoccupation is that irrespective of whatever happens, we find ourselves ready. Amen. We are more uh, prone to lean towards a pre-trib uh, kind of uh, mindset and school of thought. Because according to the teaching of Scripture, that is what it is pointing to in Jesus' name. Now, I want to us to dwell family today i'm just going to focus not because mom she's going to continue next week but i felt that there's just a portion of scripture that i'm, I'm going to focus on today in matthew 24 in course now you must understand that Umateu, chapter 24 family that those events that are explained there and are given to us by the Lord cannot be prayed away. Matthew 24 cannot be prayed away. Uh, all these global intercessory networks cannot fast Matthew 24 away. We cannot decree Matthew 24 away. There are things in the Bible that I just said, it's not everything that you bind and you lose. And there are things which are said that are things which, according to Bible prophecy, are due to happen with or without our permission. Those things are said in the timeline of heaven, in the timeline of God, those things must happen. Now, so I wanted to 
in your mind to establish that as we begin. These things are going to happen. These things are going to happen. Now, Matthew 24, verse number 3, deals with three things. Matthew 24, verse 3, there are three things there. When you look at that, it says, verse 3, Now, as he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately, saying, Tell us, when will these things be? And what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? So that particular verse deals with three things. Number one is the sign or the signs. Number two, it's his coming. There is the coming of the Lord. Number three, the end of the age or the end of a dispensation. These are three truths, family. I want you to hear me. These are three truths that the church of Jesus Christ on earth must embrace and prepare for. We must embrace the fact that there are signs coming. We cannot fast them away. We cannot pray them away. We cannot uh, decree them away. The signs that the Lord has said they will come in Matthew 24. And there is the coming of the Lord that we must embrace and accept and prepare for. And there is the end of the age that we must embrace and prepare for. So the signs, we must know them. Uh, don't be intimidated by them when you see them. And uh, we must prepare for them. His coming, we must expect it and we must prepare for it. The end of the age, we must expect it and we must prepare for it. So the rest of Matthew 24, it's more or less revolves around those three uh, things that, that the church must accept, the church must prepare for in Jesus' name. Now, today I will focus in the same chapter on verses uh, 9 to 14. Verses 9 to 14 in, uh, in Matthew chapter 24. But before that, Bazalwan, uh, I want to teach you something called the Barabbas principle. I will come back to verse number 9 to 14, probably in the last 15 minutes or so, because what I'm about to teach you now will then begin to make sense in, in, in terms of uh, your understanding of Matthew 24, more specifically verses 9 to verse number 14. Now, uh, something in the scriptures called the Barabbas principle or the Barabbas spirit. I want you to write that down. The Barabbas principle, Barabbas principle or the Barabbas spirit. Matthew 24 is the Barabbas spirit. On steroids the Barabbas spirit unleashed on the earth the Barabbas spirit now there are two ways family there are two uh, cultures if you will that nations in the world embrace there are two ways of life that nations every nation in the earth embraces 
Number one is Jesus. I wanted to understand Jesus. You're going to find out as we carry on today, not just as a person, but Jesus represents a kingdom. Jesus represents a culture. Jesus represents a system. Jesus represents a regime. Jesus represents something beyond the name Jesus. So number one is Jesus. Number two is Barabbas. 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 Now, I want you then, I know now we are on Matthew 24. Now, I want you to flip in your Bible to Matthew number 27. Chapter number 27. I, am, I want to explain to you the Barabbas principle because uh, in our pursuit of preparing you for the things to come and the end times church, these are some of the things that you must be taught and be established in. It's called kingdom truth. Now, in chapter 27, if I start there from verse number 15 to 17, it says, Now at the feast... The governor was accustomed to releasing to the multitude one prisoner whom they wished. Now, let's go to verse number 20. Verse number 20 says, But the chief priests and elders persuaded the multitudes that they should ask for Barabbas and destroy Jesus. Now listen to that. It says the chief priests and elders persuaded or prevailed over the, the masses of the multitudes that they should ask for Barabbas and destroy Jesus. The governor answered and said to them, which of the two do you want me to release to you? They said Barabbas. Pilate said to them, what then shall I do with Jesus who is called Christ? They all said to him, let him be crucified or let him be destroyed. Now, verse number 26, the last one here. It says, then he released Barabbas to them. And when he had sketched Jesus, he delivered him to be crucified. That family is a, is, is a principle, is a spirit which I want you to understand because in the end times, this is what the church is going to be dealing with. Now, I want to make a few points uh, on the basis of the verses that I isolated there and I read out to you. There is a, a choice between Jesus and Barabbas. Now, that choice will be one of the major signs of the world coming to the end of the age. Uh, it will be a sign that we are moving towards the end of a dispensation, the end of the age as Jesus spoke about in Matthew 24. Jesus and Barabbas in that scripture, as I, I've, I've told you moments ago, both of them, they represent something bigger than themselves. Uh, they represent kingdoms, two separate kingdoms. They represent two separate atmospheres. They represent two cultures, two different systems, two different regimes. 
They did not hate Jesus because he had the name Jesus. They hated Jesus because of what he did. They hated Jesus because of what he believed. They hated Jesus because of what he stood for. Same thing with Barabbas. That man was not uh, put in prison because he was just Barabbas. He was put in prison because of what he represented. Now, Pilate says in verse 17, he says, Who do you want me to release to you? Who do you want me to release to you? Barabbas or Christ? He says, release to you. Who do you want me to release or to present to you or to set free or to set loose? Who do you want me to set loose to you? Verse 20, remember it says, But the chief priests and elders persuaded, there's persuasion, persuaded the multitudes that they should ask for Barabbas and destroy Jesus. Now, this is the Barabbas principle family. The Barabbas principle is when politicians, politicians, and the captured church and the masses, those three different components, the politicians, the captured church, and the masses agree to destroy Jesus and to release a Barabbas spirit over a region. Let me repeat that. The Barabbas Principle is when the politicians uh, in that particular scripture, whoever the governor was there, that, that's, that's, that's the, their department, and the church, captured church, that will be your high priest and everybody else involved, and the masses, when all of those converge and they agree that they should destroy Jesus and set free Barabbas. Now, the name Jesus in Hebrew, so that you understand this family, flow with me. The name Jesus in Hebrew is Yeshua. It's Yeshua. It means to deliver. It means to rescue. It means to save. As such, Jesus is called the Savior. You with me, family? Jesus is the Son of God with the capital letter S. Son of God, Son of God. Barabbas, on the other hand, Barabbas, that name, Ba means son, Abba means father. Follow with me, family. Barabbas, Ba means son, Abba means father. You remember Peter, Ba, Jonah, Ba, son of Jonah. Simon by Jonah, Simon son of Jonah. Barabbas means son of the father with a small f. Now listen to me. Jesus, son of God, with the capital letter, son of the father, father in heaven, with the capital letter F. Barabbas, son of the father, with a small f. Now, you need to go somewhere with this because it's going to be important that you understand that. Barabbas means what? Son of the Father. Now, I want us to go to John chapter 8 as we explain this. John chapter 8, just flip there quickly with me. 
John chapter 8. I'm going to read verse 39 to you. Uh, John chapter 8, verse 39. It says, They answered and said, Are you with me? They answered and said to him, Abraham is our father. Jesus said to them, If you were Abraham's children, you would do the works of Abraham. Now, Let's skip to verse number 41. Verse number 41 says, You do the deeds of your father. Then they said to him, We were not born of fornication. We have one father, God. Now go to verse 32. It says, Jesus said to them, If God were your father, you would love me, for I proceeded forth and came from God. Nor have I come of myself, but sent God sent me. Now, let's go to verse number 44. Let's escape. Go to verse number 44. He says, you are of your father, the devil. You are of your father, the devil, and the desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth. Because there is no truth in him when he speaks. He speaks a lie. He speaks from his own resources. For he is a liar and the father of it. Hallelujah. Barabbas was the son of the father. But which father? Which father? Verse 30, 41 says, you do the deeds of your father the devil now i wanted to understand family that when you are dealing with the releasing of barabbas into a nation into the multitude you are dealing with a representative you are dealing with an ambassador you are dealing with someone who represents an atmosphere a spirit a culture that is going to then become the new normal in the region. He gave them a choice. He says, who of the two do you want me to release to you? They said, destroy Jesus and give us Barabbas. Give us Barabbas. Give us Barabbas. That's what they said. Amen. Now, I wanted to understand the name Barabbas. Uh, I've explained the name who he was, why he was arrested. Uh, Barabbas was an insurrectionist. An insurrectionist, it may sound as a kind of a complicated word, but it's just a simple word. But an insurrectionist is a, insurrection means defiance. Insurrection means rebellion. It means refusal. It means insubordination. It means disregard. It means insolence. It means shamelessness. So Matthew 27, 26, where it says, Then he released Barabbas to them, and when he had scourged Jesus, he delivered him to be destroyed. What that means is when you release Barabbas, you are releasing a spirit, a defiant spirit upon a nation. People 
who are shameless, people who are rebellious, people who refuse that which saves, that which restores, and that which delivers. That is the agenda, family, of the enemy in the end times. In the end times, you are dealing with those two. Now, the reason why they will not say Jesus and Satan, it is because uh, Barabbas, what, what they do is they camouflage the wickedness. The whole thing about the Barabbas principle is about the camouflaging or the masking of the enemy behind certain things so that at, at face value, it does not seem like it is wicked and it's evil. It, it, it seems as, as if it is good, it is just, it is all-inclusive, it is tolerant and all these things. That is what they are doing, Baseluan. The Barabbas spirit, now listen to me, family. The Barabbas spirit comes uh, in a costume called liberalism. Now, after this service today, um, probably tomorrow morning, or I will see later on today, I'm going to send you certain notes on, and I want to look it up, the difference between liberalism and conservatism. They are, see, in the world, there are two churches there. There's a spirit church, which is you and I, that goes to church, and there's a political church, so there are things in, 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 in the world that God does through certain people. They are not masked as church people, but they represent his values there. But I'm going to come to that. So the Barapa spirit comes hiding in it was called a liberal spirit. There are people in the world called liberals. There are people in the world called conservatives. So I wanted to look up liberal and conservative liberal and conservative now that is going to be important for you to understand what is going to be happening in the world from this time onwards godly values listen family i'm coming i'm gonna finish with matthew 24 just now godly values are represented by conservatives in the world conservatives you must write that down conservative so at the level of of legislation and laws and policies um lawmaking you have you have liberals versus conservatives that's the agenda that's the agenda that's what they are planning to do that's what they are doing you have two a christian a born again believer can never be liberal i'm going to explain briefly what liberal means Conservative is not always perfect because it doesn't always flow from scripture, but it's the closest thing to what uh, Christian values stand for out in, in, in politics and out in the world. But I wanted to understand their modus operandi. I wanted to understand their strategy of how they seek to paralyze the church, of how they seek to, 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 to weaken all the pillars are the traditional uh, 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 values that you and I have known, right? Now, liberal, I'm just going to be quick with this family. Just flow with me. Liberal means open to new ideas. Uh, they will not depart uh, from, 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 they love the status quo. Let me just put it that way. They, they love the status quo. 
They are anti-tradition. They, they are anti-conventions and all the things that you and I value. They want those things to be changed. But I want you to go and look that word up. Now, as you look that word up, you must understand that it depends who you are reading. If you're typing on the search engine, you see liberal versus conservatives, it will depend who wrote that. If that was written by a liberal person, it will uh, paint conservatism as something bad. It, it depends who writes it. So as you read that, understand that as well. Now, conservative, so a liberal is, 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 is a permissive person, is a tolerant person, is a borderless person. Amen. A conservative is a traditionalist. Now, that very word traditional to a young person, it sounds, it's, it's, it's archaic, it's old, it's boring. Who wants to get stuck with the tradition and all things? Now, that's what they want. And that's their, that's their strategy. Uh, conservative, the way they, they, they label conservatives, con to conserve means to preserve. It means to keep in place all the things and all the values and all the precious things that the Bible teaches thousands of years ago, we conserve that. We don't allow modernism or the modern uh, ideologies to change what the Bible teaches in every topic. So a conservative is a traditionalist. Now, they label trad uh, conservatives as people who oppose change, people who are opposed to change, people who are anti-progress, people who are anti-change. Now, follow with me, Bazalwa. Now, in Matthew 24, verses 9 to 12. Now, I want us to go there now. Because that's what's going to be our, our, our focus. But I want you to understand that, and I do want you to understand that every time you read anything, you watch anybody on TV, they stand on this too. They are the liberals or they are conservatives. If you mix the two, there is a problem because it is, just does not mix. Matthew 24, verses 9 to 12. Verse 9 says, Then they will deliver you up. To tribulation and kill you and you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake and verse 10 then many will be offended will betray one another and will hate one another then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many and because lawlessness will abound the love of many will grow cold, but he who enjoys to the end shall be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations. And then the end will come. Now, family, I want to focus on that. Those few verses I've just read at, until we close. I want us to focus from verse number 9 to verse number 14. Now, verse 9 says, they will be hated by all. Why? Why will they be hated by all? You see, Bazalwan, a Parabas spirit is a, is, is a liberal spirit. It's a spirit of inclusivity. 
It's a spread that pushes down borders and pushes down boundaries. Yeah, do you understand that? A spirit of, of compromise. It's a spirit that compromises uh, against it's, it's against all the institutions. I want you to understand that even as I explain this now. All right. This is why you will be hated. You see, when you refuse to marry two people of the same sex family, remember, uh, liberalism, the Barabbas principle, is about pulling down all boundaries and all borders and everything that the Lord God said you must do. You will be hated. You will be hated. You will be hated. Why? Because you go to church. Who cares whether you go to church or not? Because if you go to church, but you do not destabilize and uh, you, you conform to their culture and you agree with everything they agree with, there is no reason for them to hate you. If you flow with them, just flow with everything that they do. You endorse what they endorse. You are always a part of the majority, even if you know that the Bible is against that thing that is being advanced there. But you just chose because of your image or because you're scared or of whatever reason you just so they don't care about that. So you will not be hated solely because you go to church. They don't care about people who go to church often. They care about people of impact. They care about people of values. They care about, they are bothered. They are bothered by people who take a stand when are outside of a church building, when they are out there in their places of influence and they refuse to bend. They refuse to be broken by this system, by this uh, Barabbas spirit. So, when you refuse, as a minister of the gospel, I refuse to marry two people of the same sex, I will be hated. Refusal to accept the LGBTQ community as normal community of people, you will be hated for that. I want you to know that because when you say hated, it, it means more than what you see in that word. You must be prepared for that. You must be prepared for that because it is what is going to happen. Uh, you will be called insensitive fanatics. You will be called begotten freaks. People who are intolerant. You will be hated uh, for refusing to bless and recognize as family. Uh, two people of the same sex with children. Now, family, it's either we, we present this or we don't. So what I'm telling you, it is what the Bible represents. Now, these are one of the reasons why we will be hated. Ours is not to be biased. Ours is not to speak ill of anybody. Ours is not to cast aspersions and... Um, and to be uh, judgmental and all those things. Ours is to stand by the truth. People are welcome to be who they are. People, God gives humanity freedom of choice. God gives humanity 
the choice to choose who you want to be, whether you want his word. This is why Joshua asked the people, choose this day who you will believe. So ours is not to hate on anybody. Ours is not to be homophobic. Ours is, not, ours is to love people. Ours is to embrace people. But we dare not bend on the non-negotiables, on the things. See, the problem begins hate will arise when I refuse to change who I am because my identity fundamentally, I am in the earth to be an expression of his will. And I refuse for any person to tamper with that. So you will be hated for all these things. Amen. As I try to gather my notes here. You will be hated for walking uh, in Bible sexuality for walking the Bible in sexuality. You will be hated for walking the Bible, walking the Bible, walking the Bible in sexuality. See, we can we can study this book, family, in Matthew 24, from a, a perspective of just warning you. No, but I want you to know exactly what's going to happen and prepare yourself accordingly i'm saying to you the reason why you will be hated is because of your stance with regards to sexuality you will be hated for saying that a young person should not have sex before marriage you will be hated for your stance that you cannot have sex before why am i not supposed to have sex before marriage is it because no because According to my culture, according to the culture of heaven, according to the word of God, that's what it says. Now, the whole thing in the earth today, uh, it's, it's, it's not just what you believe. It's just refusing to believe what they believe. That's what the problem is. They are not happy with just you believing what, 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 what you believe. But the, 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 the moment you, you vocalize what you believe, that there's a problem. I'm not saying... Anybody who is what in whatever culture, in whatever lifestyle should should change. I am declaring declaring to you the only thing we declare as God's people is Jesus. Be born again and be saved. Be born again and be saved. Be washed in the blood of Jesus Christ. And everything else uh, he takes over. But if you are listening to me today and you are feeling uncomfortable, understand that our call today is not that anybody who has chosen a particular lifestyle should do what. No, 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 no. Ours is to declare to you these are the things that are going to happen. As God's people, you are going to be hated. And if you choose, to stand your ground as you ought to. If you choose to preach the gospel as the Lord wants us to, you will be hated. You will be hated for saying that a young born-again Christian has no business using contraceptives. Did you hear what I just said? I'm saying to you, you're feeling very uncomfortable right now. That's great. I'm saying to you, you will be hated uh, for declaring that you cannot use contraceptives and a Christian, not anybody else, a Christian cannot use a young Christian. Let me make that clear. A young 
unmarried Christian. I'm not talking about married people. I'm talking about a young person who is unmarried. I'm saying to you, you will be hated for saying that a young born again Christian has no business using contraceptives because she's not involved in sex after all. So what's the, what's the point using contraceptives? You will be hated for honoring leaders that others dishonor. You'll be hated for that. You'll be hated for refusing to loot, to refu refusing corruption, refusing to accept the things that people in the world are accepting. You will be hated because we'll, you'll be representing the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, Bazalwan. Now, verse 10 then, it says, And then many will be offended, will betray one another, and will hate one another. Offended means they will be hurt. They will be distressed. We are fast approaching a season in the church when it will, it will no longer be cool to be a Christian. When it will no longer be fashionable to be a born-again Christian. When being a Christian will most probably attract hatred towards you because it will mean that you are moving against the flow. It will mean that you are not conforming to the norms, the new normal that the world has embraced. Being Christian is going to mean backward. It's going to mean slow. It's going to mean boring. It's going to mean intolerant. It's going to mean you are against science. It's going to mean anti-progress and anti-freedom. That is what it's going to mean. Now, verse 11 says, many, uh, it talks about many false prophets. Then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. Don't expect false prophets from church buildings. That's not how the world system works. They will be. They are so smart, family. They are so smart. They are so smart how they work. The Bible talks about cunning, snake, very cunning. Now, they will not probably, there will be some in churches because they, they know, Bazzoni, they are, they, churches are not attended by the majority of people in the world. So false prophets, they will be released Expect some music stars. Expect some movie stars. Expect some political voices. Expect some, some social activists and sports stars to begin to speak in a certain language that is meant to sway you in a particular direction. You see, Barcelona, when you understand the things of the kingdom and the things of the spirit, you begin to understand deeper things than what is superficial. I'm saying to you that according to that particular scripture, it says, then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many, sway many, not, not, not those who are in the world, sway those who are born again, those who are in the middle, who are sitting on the fence, they will sway them, 
uh, and deceive them down the wrong path. Now, what I want to emphasize this morning is that don't expect these false prophets to be wearing suits standing behind a pulpit. Listen to a song. Listen to a talk show. Listen to a, a, a news media briefing by, by a, a basketball player, by somebody like that, by a music star. They will begin to speak. See, they don't need a pulpit to preach their gospel. They don't need a church building to preach their gospel. Every forum, every platform, they use it as a pulpit to deceive. So when it says many false prophets, understand, keep your eyes open, family. Be alert in the name of Jesus. I pray for revelation to come upon you in Jesus' name. I want you to know that what Mom G spoke about last week concerning human rights. Now, human rights are good, family. If you do not understand that human rights are good, then there's something fundamentally wrong with you. But I wanted to understand this. They will use human rights as a tool to release the Parabas spirit. They will use, see, they are needed, rights are needed, but they will use human rights as a tool to release a Parabas spirit. Amen. They will use it as a strategy to accommodate liberalism and a liberal spirit. So when we preach truth, when we preach God's word, it will be regarded as, as encroaching. That's what Mom G said last week. Encroaching on people's rights. That is what is going to be their modus operandi, their strategy. Set up these, uh, these human rights that are based on a liberal ideology, which is uh, based on the spirit of, uh, of Barabbas, behind which is the demonic spirit which is meant to contaminate society and regions. So when you begin to stand, for instance, for marriage and for sexuality and all these things we've mentioned, you will be spoken against uh, and you will be, there will be an onslaught against God's people because you'll be seen as somebody who is intolerant, someone who is backward encroaching on other people's rights. Hallelujah. So false prophets, Bazalwan, will raise these issues. When you see them behind the microphone, see them everywhere doing these briefings, they will begin to raise these issues. And when you listen to them, they, 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 this is why it says they will deceive many. Because when you listen to them and they, and they are very magnetic, they are very charismatic, they are very catchy, and you'll begin to, but this guy makes sense. But this woman makes sense. Why do you not accept? And it, all these things that they say. Family, I want to warn you. In the last days, it will no longer be very cold to be a child of God. I wanted to prepare today, family. This is why we spoke about core values the other time. Now, I want to bring this uh, to a close, family, in Jesus' name. Now, verse number 13 to verse number 14, the Bible says, let's start from verse number 12. It says, and because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow 
cold. The love of many will grow cold. When you begin to understand that there is so much happening around and that you are always in the minority. I told my kids, I said to them, I want you to accept the fact that most probably wherever you go, you will always be a minority. When you stand in a circle with friends during break, whatever that's being discussed there, if it's five of you, probably four of them will agree on an issue. You will probably be a minority there. So I want to say the same thing to your family, that because of what is going to happen and because people will love, this is why people love Instagram. This is why many Christians' family hardly ever uh, share what their pastor shares or what somebody else shares, which is scripture-based. Because we, we, we love to be loved. We love to be seen to be part of the majority. We, we are very scared to be seen to be standing for truth. You will, Mamchi will post something about the family, our pictures. She will get a lot of, of likes and, and then she will share something about the blood. The same Christians who like that post, they will not share the other one and they won't like the other one. Why? Because it's, it's, it's an atmosphere. It's an atmosphere in which we live. I pray that God will begin to raise people. The end times church. People who understand that social media has been given to us as a tool for us to begin to. They have different forums, family. They have different platforms. Whatever that we get to put our hands on, we use that to preach the gospel. We use that as an expression so that some element of truth can be sent out there. They will know the truth so the truth can set them free. So it says that the love of many will grow cold because of what will be happening around them. So I want you to accept that you are a minority. Uh, the world will probably be the majority wherever you go in your workplace, in your school, when you go out uh, in, in, in the mall. What, what the view you represent, the view you represent and the stance that you take on any issue is probably a minority view in that particular space. Accept that, accept who you are, accept your identity, understand that you are a child of God. Your main mandate is not to be liked, is not for truth to be shared a thousand times. It's, it's for you to endorse who you are, to accept who you are, to understand that I, I am here for a short time and while I am here, I will glorify you, Father, the best way I know how. Now, as we end the verses 13, verse 14, verse 13 says, But he who endures to the end shall be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations and then the end will come awaz bazalwan you and i is to preach the gospel is to preach the gospel which is what we are going to be focusing on family i want you to pray family i want you to be strong in your prayer life in the reading of the word, I want to repeat what I just told you. 
Mamchi said, uh, she's been saying this a couple of times, it's not going to get easy for you and for me, not because we, we won't prosper, not because we won't get answers to our prayer, because the whole point about fulfilling destiny is about God releasing resources that will enable us to fulfill destiny. Both it's material, it's spiritual, and otherwise. But things will not get easy in the world because your faith will be pushed to the brink. Your faith will be tested. Your stance, your identity, you will be proven. You will be put in a fire to see if you are who you claim to be. You may have to cut off some relationships. Some people will leave you. Please accept that family. Don't be scared for some people to leave your life. Don't be scared when certain people do not connect with you anymore. It's part of our journey as God's people. It's part of our walk. This preoccupation with being liked and accepted. I know that a part of us as people, we want to be accepted. We want to be embraced. We want to be endorsed. We want to be loved. But there is something about being a child of God that uh, you cannot be loved all the time by everybody all the time. There will be a time when you have to take your stance and begin to declare the truth as God declares it. When that happens, you will distinguish yourself from the rest. That's when you will make a statement that I am a born again child of God, even if it costs me everything. Family, I pray in Jesus' name as we close that you will prepare yourself, prepare yourself for these times, prepare yourself for these things. Look up liberal, look up conservative, Find your place, family, in the world. The only place to do so is to find your place in God's word and stay there. Every step you make, every word you, you, you say is said from in between these pages in this book. If you do so, family, I pray and I trust God that you will be all right one day when you are no more. Like I buried my father yesterday. And you get to the heavens, he will say, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. So I encourage you, family, even as we step in, into August today, the 1st of August, Mom, she's going to come back next week and, and finish this. From that time, I want us to prepare for the harvest. For this final scripture says, The gospel of the kingdom must be preached. And then the end will come. And then we'll begin from September to the end of February, what we call Vision 100. All of you mobilized to go out and reach and win souls for Jesus. Even before these things, they begin to happen at a speed. Let's reach out and bring to the kingdom of God as many as possible before they are deceived, before the enemy is unleashed through all these spirits uh, of your friends and everybody else, let's, let's, let's be mobilized, family, and reach as many people as we can for God in Jesus' name. Now let's pray. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name for these moments you have given us.
I pray that you breathe upon your people life and revelation that they may understand these things the, may, the way you want them to for your glory. And God's people said, Amen. Amen. I want to say uh, bye to our Facebook family. Thank you, family. In Jesus' name, Amen. Hallelujah. Now I want to just uh, acknowledge all of you uh, who came today and you were with us on Zoom because I can do so. I want to say thank you for having been with us in Jesus' name.